Yo, 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 it's the Minnesota Sports Variety Show. We've got opinions and now we got a platform. It, your host, Eric Grady, coming at you this Monday, uh, September the 25th in uh, the good year of our Lord, 2023. Mr. Zeller on the uh, on the mic, co-host, how are you doing this uh, gloomy afternoon in St. Paul, I'm assuming? Yeah, it, it is a little gloomy. Um, not bad. Uh, kid, my son didn't have... Uh, pre-K today, so I had to, had to bring him out to my in-laws with my daughter. So he was very excited about that. Um, but yeah, it is, it is kind of crummy outside, but it is fall in Minnesota, so to be expected. Yeah, yeah. I um, I was going to go for a little run, and I went out there, and it was kind of a light rain, and then I kind of got procrastinated, dicked around, and I went out there again, and it was like a pretty heavy rain, and I was like, I, I'm not running in this, so I'm waiting for it to to slow down a little bit so I can get out there. I played, I uh, played soccer yesterday and it was very, the turf oh, yeah? was very wet, but it was, um, it, I just played pickup cause I wanted to watch the Vikings game and, um, uh, I should have just played in my soccer game. Um, to be honest with you, which I would have, it was fucking awful. The state of Minnesota sports right now has me in just like disarray. I just want to, I just had that mental health episode where I talked about how, like, I don't let sports impact me that much. Like last Saturday, and man, I'm probably, I feel like a big liar because it definitely is impacting me today. It, it hit it hit hard this week. I only watched, I watched the last like uh, two minutes of that Vikings game because I was wait. I was actually, I, I played ultimate Frisbee yesterday and um, a game was until like 4.30. So I was just killing some time. I saw, I literally just turned it on for like the last, like the last maybe 90 seconds of the game. So I saw like them. You saw the biggest meltdown at least. Yeah. I saw the biggest part of the oh meltdown, yeah. and I heard that you know they had, they had stood up the Chargers yep. on fourth yep. down just before yep. that, so all the momentum yes. seemed to be in their in their favor, and then all of a sudden it was not. So I, I'm sorry, it's to hear just that, man. it's just embarrassing. After, I had to go play soccer because that, I was like, I none of all these things that are losing, I can't control. I'm just like a fan, right? Like my fantasy team a little bit, but it's just I just picked players. It's just a lot of it's just luck, you know. I've won three fantasy football championships over the last six years and various leagues I've been in five years. So it's not like I'm bad at it. It's just, it's to get unlucky sometimes. I've got like the fourth highest points for and the number one points against. And it's just like, I'm like, what can I control? I'm going to go fucking place, pick up soccer and score some goals. And my first goal, it was just a ripper. And there was a bunch of fans that were like standing behind the net watching another game. And I just laced this thing, like just lashed it. Cause I was just so mad. And the guy's like, wow, that was a hard shot. I'm like, that is the aggression of the Gophers meltdown. The last two fucking loons meltdowns, the Vikings meltdown, like just do that. Like Jesus Christ, you know, like, yeah. oh, I, brutal. I definitely, uh, I definitely almost picked the guy at pickup, <laughs> or at my pickup at, um, at my league on Wednesday because uh, this is after my bike had been stolen. So I, I, I was so I had so much rage yep. and frustration that there's a guy coming in on the box and, and this is a seven v seven co-ed um, <laughs> league. It's so it's not a very aggressive league, but yeah, I almost punched a guy. I was that I was that. It happens, man. So I, it's I hard to you, not man. take I, it out. I yeah, I, when I got laid off one time, I went to go play basketball right after, and I almost got in a fracas. And I was and, the guy, and my buddy was like, "God, you're in a bad mood." I was like, "Oh, I just got like laid off," and he was like, "Oh, I understand. Like, you probably shouldn't be playing right now." And I was like, "Yeah." Probably not. So yeah, definitely it's kind of the kick the dog thing. But anyway, trying to get past it, you know, it is what it is. A lot worse things can happen in the world. And and one of them I wanted to, to mention here just really briefly. Um, I know my buddy doesn't like want a lot of 
notoriety for this, but if we don't tell people, then we're not going to get what he needs. So, but basically, um, I recorded that uh, mental health uh, podcast with my buddy Johnny O, who's a teacher in Minneapolis. He has a trivia. Um, he hosts trivia on Sundays and Tuesday nights for Trivia Mafia, and um, you know, a plug for our episode. Uh, it's on. Uh, your feed in the Minnesota Sports Variety Show. It's also on my other Rants and Rambles um, podcast. But anywho, he, Sunday night, right after we recorded the show, he got jumped by three people, uh, beat up pretty bad. They broke like three bones in his cheek and um, he cannot work for a couple of weeks. He had his laptop phone. Oh my God. Yeah, laptop phone and wallet stolen. And so anyways, I, I just, tw- I tweeted out a GoFundMe um, yesterday. If, if you guys, anything you can do to help, um, he's just trying to kind of, recoup his losses and he's trying to get out of his lease he just i don't know it's not it's not it's a bad situation so this will you know can help him restart so anything you can do i I would really appreciate it so yeah not good yeah that that's 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 shitty man i'm sorry to hear that so um yeah make sure um we'll uh definitely retweet it from our um show page but i'll make sure to retweet it from my personal um, as well as the Dave's I know too, so that it gets a little more traction as well. So thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Um, so yeah, we, course, so we, tr- we tried recording this episode once, and we had the, uh, the Gremlins, and I really um, was uh, intrigued by your your bike theft story because I was really surprised at the outcome, and um, also, yeah. yes, I don't know if you just want to recant it briefly. I know you keep the, it's it's a very detailed story, but but give us the the elevator, three four minutes. Yes. <laughs> I've told it. I've told it so many times. You've got it memorized and, now, and so it, I do. I'll, I'll try. I'm. Gonna, I'm actually. I do need to write it down, and I'm going to post it on my uh, personal Substack that I use. I do a lot of soccer. I, I don't. Do, I should say I, I don't do a lot of soccer, but when I do, it's normally soccer related. But um, <clears throat> my goal this week is to post it on there. But long and so this may, you know, this is sort of a, a, a kind of tangential to your story, like that. Sometimes uh, shitty things can happen. There, and good stuff can come out of it. Um, so yeah, long story short, my bike, my uh, e-bike, the back end. Yeah, yeah. If podcast, you listen to this podcast, you bit. know about the e-bike. I mean, it's beautiful, bright yeah, orange, it's, big. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, bright orange. It's large. It, it's uh, so it sticks out like a sore thumb. But long story short, it was stolen uh, on Wednesday afternoon from um, from a, an establishment, um, and they somehow just cut through my uh, a bike lock. That's it's like a couple hundred. It's like a couple hundred dollar lock. Wow. Um, that apparently you can get through with like. A, you can get through with a circular saw in about 15 seconds. Jesus. So um, just to be noted there, um, I don't have any, I'm actually going to, I need to email the, the company about the lock and just be like, hey, <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. This happened. Seems yeah, a little too easy. Send me a new lock, but I, I'm trying to figure out a new lock situation. Anyways, long story short, bike was stolen. Um, got, had video of the, of, of the person who took it. Didn't get video of like them actually taking it because the place where it's stolen from, like the cameras were not a great, greatly set up for the dead zone. But anyways, so I posted it on all the places. Um, if you're in the bike community at all, I would highly recommend uh, joining the Facebook page, um, Twin Cities uh, uh, Found Bikes. Um, a lot of people post in there if they find a bike or find someone who's selling or trying to sell a bike, which clearly you know it appears to be stolen. Uh, there's also a couple of different websites where you can put your bike pictures and everything, sort of like a bike index, um, and you can mark it stolen. So people can go on there if they suspect a bike of being stolen and search by area and model and things like that which is super cool um so anyways um i i so i said bike was stolen on wednesday afternoon i had to go play soccer at wednesday at like 6 30 out in west st paul i was just very up, frustrated and upset i was planning on biking out there because it was a pretty gorgeous night i couldn't do that so i did like drive and it was just a pain in the ass and um like i said i almost got into fisticuffs with the guy <laughs> totally not his fault obviously clearly my mindset 
But anyways, like I'm coming back. I'm, I'm watching the U.S. Sorry, not watching the U.S. The, the Minnesota United game. Um, they're actually starting. Sorry, was in the Red Loons. Uh, we had a Red Loons meeting, our monthly meeting. And I get a text from somebody randomly. Said, "Hey, um, you don't know who this is, but I'm pretty sure I just saw your bike. Someone was trying to sell it. Um, they took pictures, uh, sent me the text, like a phone number of the person." Um, and basically, it was just like, yeah, I told him, you know, my name is Sarah, and that I, but I needed my, my husband to take a look at it, and here's his phone number. She dropped me some pins and stuff so we could go. So I knew exactly where it was. It was over in Elliott Park, so not too far from U.S. Bank Stadium, actually. Um, literally just on the other side of U.S. Bank Stadium. And oh, so I texted the guy, huh. eventually, yeah, eventually, I texted him that night, didn't get hear anything back. I woke up in the morning, had a text from him about midnight, and so finally I texted him back again. I was like, hey, I'm interested in the bike, whatever. Um long story short there's just lots there's texting back and forth finally i was like able to figure out time to meet him um got my dad to come with me and, and he's got a big pickup a big chevy pickup truck uh and we went over um met the guy clearly my bike uh he had not taken off some of very identifying features on my bike that bike is very um identifiable anyways because there's only about five or six of them in the cities that i know of and i know at least four of the guys who own the other four of the six so it's a pretty identifiable bike um Anyways, so the guy showed me, and he had taken some of the some side bags off of it that were like vinyl side bags that you could like use to like keep um, keep stuff in, like keep like a, a soccer bag or whatever, or a grocery bag or th- things like that. He had taken those off, and so I noticed, um, I noticed that I was like, hey, it looks like there's something that has attaches here. Um, you know, have you, you know, do you know where that is? Um, he's like, oh yeah, actually, those are just bags. They're upstairs. I'll go get them. Do you want to? Do you want to so watch this is the when bike? you said that there was some acting involved. This is where, like, kind of a little oh, bit yeah. of so, the, yeah, uh, so, yeah, he, yeah, he basically, yeah. like, playing dumb, just like, yeah, playing uh... dumb, and, being, and, basically, and, then, <laughs> and then he was like, yeah, okay, I'll run up and get him. Do you want to just, like, will you watch the bike? And I'm like, will I watch? Sure, I'll watch the bike. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and so I sat there for a minute. So he left. I made sure he'd gone inside. I sat there for a minute. I was like, okay, what do I do? Like, I was willing to give this guy, like, 50 bucks as, like, a test ride, and then, like, because remind you, this is an, an, an e-bike. I had there, it's, there's a key to turn the power on, um, which I didn't even talk to him about because I'm guessing that would have probably like thrown him off or whatever. So you have to turn the key and on. And you don't think this is the gentleman that stole the bike? It's probably was already trying to flip it or something, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, this is someone who's trying to flip the bike. Yeah, because the the, the, the pick, this guy does not look like the guy that was in the video image, right? In the still images right. that I got right. from the from the from the restaurant. Um, so, anyways, long story short, I. So I was like, you know what? I'm fucking. I'm just gonna get on the bike and bike away. So I get on the bike, the key in, and bike away, and bike about six blocks away. Call my dad. I'm like, hey, uh, come pick me up. Um, let's throw this bike in the in the uh, truck and get the hell out of here. Um, <laughs> the guy didn't and, start chasing you down the street or anything. You you made a clean clean getaway. He was, he was in, up in his apartment or was going. That's right. He didn't, he didn't spot you through the window yeah, or something. No, <laughs> about, about Twenty minutes later, I get a text. I get a call from him um like it, he tried to call me like four or five times and then had stopped stopped trying to call me so um he figured it so, out <laughs> so yeah long story short i sold my bike back uh i mean i'm a little it is a little dubious because i mean obviously like he has my cell phone number so he can clearly probably look me up if he wants but i i mean this guy this is not like a organized bike thief ring where it was you know there's thousands of dollars on the line for them this is someone you know just trying to make a, a quick buck on a bike so um in hindsight maybe not the greatest smartest thing to do in the world but yeah basically i stole my bike back from from people who were or stole my bike so uh i'm yes i'm not listen i'm not i'm not too worried about um about the the technology uh advances of these folks so her phone i think from from watching the wire or um 
top boy. You got to get the burner phone. That, I'm really impressed that you got it back. I thought maybe, God, 1% chance you get. I just, I've, I've never like gotten property back. Just like I've had stuff stolen from my car before. That was pretty identifiable. And just like with Johnny O's situation, you know, he was trying to find his like laptop and going to, you know, different pawn shops and stuff. It's just, it's hard to find stuff. It's, it's helps with the bike. It's that's so big. It's almost like a vehicle that you can see like a VIN number on it almost, you know, it's like, it's very identifiable with the bright orange, but I, I'm really, I'm really surprised. That's, that was a good get. Right. Yeah. What the funny the crazy thing is, is less than 24 hours after it was stolen, I had it back. Um, and then another buddy of mine actually had his e-bike stolen. He, does, he didn't have a, a, a big one like mine with like the, the back cargo back part, part or whatever. But um, he had his stolen. And then about a week later, he was biking with his kid. And he saw the guy who had the bike and was like, that's my bike. You know, and the guy's like, oh, okay. And he's like, how much did you pay for that bike? And the guy was like a hundred bucks or oh so he gave him hundred dollars and like took his bike back or whatever. So this is the second. So people are definitely like, if, so if you are riding an e-bike in the twin cities, like just be, be careful. Like just make sure you lock it up as much as you possibly can. Um, make sure you have picture, up-to-date pictures of your bikes, any serial numbers, any identifying factors on them. And then I said, like I said, I would, I, I did, I signed up for all this stuff after my bike had been stolen, like get in, get your bikes and stuff onto these ahead of time. So that if something comes up, you know, the, the, it, cause literally I think, if that bike had gone, if that if it had it's waited going down right now. a day or two longer, like someone would probably have bought that bike and I would never have seen that bike again. So, and then I would have been, you know, out the thousands of dollars I spent on it. So like, I think I've got super lucky. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm, you know, I got very, very lucky, but. Do it ahead of time. Yeah. <sighs> lots of people reaching out, lots of people like reached out and, and, you know, sent and forward my posts or, or, shared it on Facebook or whatever. Um, like, so like one of the only reasons I saw Facebook is for something, stuff like that. So, but it worked out, worked out pretty well. You have a big, re you have a big re social media reach helps a lot too. So <laughs> that is very yeah. true. It's very true. You're, you're, you're super annoying. So people remember you all the time. It's like, Oh, that fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. That's very true. Uh, all right, man. Well, I'm glad you got it back. Um, and uh, just, I don't know, I guess it's just been a lot of bad things going on the last couple of weeks. Like all the teams are losing. I've had friends have like bad news. I finally, like it's good and bad news. I find out, I found out that I most likely have fibromyalgia and maybe more specifically myofacial pain syndrome. It's kind of a, it's just kind of a city, shitty situation. And one of the only things you can do for it is change your diet. So I'm trying to change my diet, but of course it's like, you know, no, know anything you want to eat like low <laughs> sugar course, yeah. you know no no grains it's like nothing no high gluten grains which are like oats and wheat and all the good fucking, grains so no, like, no bread yeah all the good grains so basically you can eat rice corn for like starchy type things and then no no potatoes no bell peppers oh. it's fucking brutal man limit jesus man very limited so it's it's been rough, but anyways, maybe I'll have a I'll have a six pack of abs here pretty soon if I fucking keep eating like that. Jesus Christ, That's how much I run? <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll get yeah you'll get used to it, but it, it, I'm sure the I'm sure the um the like the shock to your system of, of the you know the not being able to eat the things that you want to eat it both like mentally but also physically and emotionally too. You know, like I think the only thing we forget about when we think about food is that we. A lot of food is wrapped up with emotional and, and um, yes, me, you know, mental memories too. Not just about the physical, like pleasure or whatever of eating, but like some of the you know mental and emotional things that we attach to food. 
Um, so. Absolutely. It's very connected to my family. We have a fam a Sunday night, like standing a dinner, like Italian families always had a big dinner on Sundays. People have much, much worse problems, you know, um, and uh, it's just a, it's a minor deal. All right. So let's get into it here. Um, all of the sports have just been going horribly in Minnesota right now, where, you know, you want to call it the, uh, the Montreal meltdown. It has been the Minnesota meltdown and uh, it's been very, very frustrating. Uh, still kind of getting over today on Monday. Um, you know, everybody just seems to be losing, 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 losing. My, both my fantasy football teams are all in three. The uh, Gophers had an epic meltdown. The, the, the loons have had two epic meltdowns recently. Um, both come from behind victories and, uh, and we just keep coughing up leads. Um, the Vikings, you know, lost another close one at the end and I guess we'll, uh, we'll get started with them. So, uh, you know, it was looking promising at first. The Chargers were coming in with no Austin Eckler. Um, they're kind of known for their their passing game. They've got a great quarterback and Justin Her Herbert, Hair Bear. Um, I did say to draft him, and he's been very good. So you're welcome. Um, and they were they had Josh Kelly going. And uh, as my wife found out in her fantasy, uh, she had picked him up. That was a pretty big drop off. He didn't do much, but they passed the ball like. No problem. Uh, Keenan Allen had a day, 18 catches for 215 yards, along with a 49-yard tutty. Um, Byron Murphy had him a lot, and a Caleb Evans. Um, Keenan Allen was in Brian Murphy's bag all day. Um, he he had that like long neck warmer thing on, and I was thinking, man, it's 72 degrees at US Bank Stadium. Is he getting enough like oxygen to his face? Like he just doesn't need that thing. And um, I don't know if that was the problem, but. Uh, Anyways, um, it, it was bad. The, Mike Williams was going for a ton of yards until he tore his ACL. And uh, Palmer had a touchdown and, you know, had a couple key catches. People are looking to pick him up on their fantasy team. So really good for the Chargers. Um, Hair Bear is, you know, really impressive thrower. I mean, he can just throw the ball in a frozen rope, 60, 70 yards with no effort. Um, it's really – and he wasn't getting a lot of pressure on him. We just – we don't have – the guys up up the middle to get the pressure on him in that three four defense. We don't have a real big guy. We don't have a a Linval Joseph or a Fat Pat. We just have you know Harrison Phillips, who's a good run stuffer in there, but uh, he doesn't get a lot of a lot of pass pressure. Um, we brought in Dalton Reisner to help shore up the line, but you know two weeks late and he and he didn't play. So you know it just seems like it was too little, too late now. Um, Kirk had a fair amount of pressure on him, but um, you know he took he took four sacks. We did finally run the ball halfway decently, so that was nice. We hadn't had a run over nine yards the first two games, and we had a couple uh, decent runs of 13-plus. Um, you know, I just bought tickets to the Bears Monday night game for Thanksgiving, the week of Thanksgiving. I was thinking, God, like, why do we buy tickets to that game? But, no, it, it should be fun. But uh, it is very frustrating. Um, we really need to get Marcus Davenport healthy. We just we don't have any pass rush besides Daniil right now. And even though you know Marcus is another edge guy, we'll take what we can get right now. Um, we did get pretty unlucky on the uh, well, just starting off. You know the the whole talk this season had been turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. Right, like seven turnovers through the first through the first two games, and right away, Hawk fumbled in the red zone, and it was like here we go again. And um, but we we ended up having a pretty good day. I mean Kirk put up great numbers. JJ had good numbers. So did Addison. Um, Kirk threw for 367 yards, three touchdowns. He did have one interception um, there at the end, but really the offense did enough. We just, we couldn't get stops. And then at the end, we did have a disastrous meltdown. Um, a lot of these games come down to 
one key play. And at the end, there was two key plays. Brandon Staley uh, went for it on fourth and one, and he got stuffed. And, and it was like, it was a really gutsy call by him. The game's over if he makes it. But on his own 24, it looked like that was going to be a real bad decision. And, uh, you know, had a couple nice outs to, to Hawk and uh, got down there with 34 seconds left. And we get tackled inbounds and can't get the plan. Kirk's got his hands over his ears and, you know, and my brother and me and my dad are yelling at the scream, clock it. What the hell's going on? You know, freaking out. And, uh, and we don't know why he didn't spike it. He said, um, they asked him, well, Kirk, you know, do you have the authority to spike it there? And he said, well, yeah, I guess I do. But I usually like to do what the coaches tell me. I don't make it a habit of going off script. And it's like, man, you've been in the league a long time. You, uh, you gotta, you gotta make a decision there because that, that killed 27 seconds. And in that time, you know, the average play is maybe five, eight seconds. We for sure, could have for sure gotten three cracks at it. And instead, you know, we only got, could have gotten two because I got intercepted with seven seconds left. But it was just such a discombobulated play that we needed to just clock it and regroup. And uh, anyway, super frustrating. And then now we'll go on to the, uh, the Gophers. Frustrating loss next. So really quickly here on the uh, Gophers meltdown, um, <clears throat> I was actually watching it in the middle of another meltdown of the uh, the loons, and we'll touch on just the loons, the, the state of the loons in general. Um, it, this is chopped from a couple different episodes, so you're going to hear it jump around a little bit, but trying to recover when I was most fired up about, <laughs> about each loss. So anyways... Uh, been having a lot of gremlins with the uh, recording here. It's it's frustrating, but anyway. Um, so I thought we had this this game in the bag. We looked we looked great in the beginning. Um, so far this season, you know, I, I've been un, underwhelmed with Kelly McManus to say the least. Um, the Gophers did not run the ball at all against UNC. Um, we couldn't throw the ball well. Uh, Ethan was 11 for 29. He was throwing high. He was throwing behind receivers. Um, he played much better against Northwestern. He was 14 for 19, very good completion percentage, but only a modest 153 yards, but he did have two nice tutties. Um, you know, when they were up 31-10, I was like, they got this game in the bag. I'm going to focus on the loons. And um, as I see people on Twitter are saying, oh, no, the the comeback is on. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. You know, with just how many times we've been through this lately in Minnesota sports. And I'm just like, it can't be real. This can't really be happening, you know, and the defense was just atrocious. Um, there was a big, you know, we couldn't get any first downs going at the end to stall it. But if you put up 31 points on this bad Northwestern team, the, the D just can't cough it up. This Northwestern team is, is bad. Um, and uh, at the end, we had a big special teams gaffe. Our, our player who was trying to down the ball thought that he was like maybe on the one or the two, but he was actually in the end zone. Um, as the announcers mentioned, it wasn't painted. So he kind of just caught it all proudly. And uh, I listened to this college football podcast, the shutdown full cast with Spencer Hall that I really like. And they were mentioning today that he just looked so <laughs> smitten with himself when he caught it, but he was in the end zone and uh, it was unfortunate, but it shouldn't have came down to that. Um, there was some, question on Twitter last night about uh, or Saturday night, was this the worst loss or the second worst loss? Probably PJ's second worst loss after Bowling Green, but it's really bad because the schedule gets really hard from here. So no way that no way that Northwestern should should score three consecutive touchdowns with, with your offense not scoring a point. Your defense, number one, should stop them. But if your offense is not able to score any points in that time, then that is that's a massive failure for uh, for the for the row the boat crowd, honestly. So well, well, cons con yeah, considering that they have what they have, uh, 
both Michigan and Ohio State on the schedule this year. Um, I mean, Mich- you, you, you would have assumed that this game and Michigan State, Michigan State is a train wreck right now because of all the shit that's going on there, which we haven't really even talked too much about. But you think these two games will be wins, right? You, you'd say Chicago, or sorry, it's not Chicago, um, Ohio State, Michigan, you lose both those games. You beat both Northwestern and um, Michigan State, you're looking good. You split Iowa, Wisconsin, you know, you win one. Um, lose one, and you're looking at you know six and three or whatever for uh, a season. Now they're going to be you know. Do you trust the team against Iowa or Wisconsin? I don't. Um, and if uh, if that's the case, then maybe looking at missing out on the bowl uh, this year. So um, I'm going to quick update you on Colorado again. This is from a previous uh, recording, so it was halftime at the point. Uh, that we recorded this, but they ended up getting demolished. And then um, you're going to hear my soliloquy on why Adrian Heath should also uh, be gone in his uh, seventh season here um, with the Loons. Here's a little update on our friend uh, Primetime and Colorado Buffaloes. Um, check in on our, our friends in Colorado. Um, it was the game, their game last weekend was was insane. I stayed up until like freaking one o'clock in the morning or something watching this game um it was one of the more like entertaining college football games i had seen in a while the colorado colorado state game um the colorado state they were the underdogs pretty big underdogs too they were in the driver's seat most of the game um pretty comfortable kind of two touchdown lead for a while then it was down to one touchdown and then finally uh they gave the ball back with i think it was a minute 58 and colorado had it and they pinned them on the two and it was just like no way like what's the chances they come down and they have to hit the two-point conversion like there's like a one they got like a one percent chance of this game maybe a five percent chance and uh Shadur Sanders he uh brought him right marched him right down the field easy peasy it was kind of one of those cliches of when you play prevent defense you prevent your team from winning the game you know the old you know dad cliche but it, it was a bit like that and you could tell that they finally had figured them out because they just marched down the field and they got the two-point conversion, and it went OT, a couple rounds of OT, and it was just a wild game. Um, and the Colorado ended up winning in overtime. And uh, so then it, the big game was this week, uh, was is going on right now, was like, well, how are they going to do against a real team, right? And they are playing uh, Oregon, the Ducks. <laughs> no, Colorado's 19 versus Oregon's 10. And right now at the half, it is all Oregon, uh, 35 nil as we like to say in soccer, buffs are getting destroyed and it is not prime time. It is what's the opposite of prime, like a uh, well done time. Flank, flank, flank steak time. Yeah, it's it's bad. So anyway, um, I guess his carriage has turned into a pumpkin. Uh, we are. And now for a little Heath out stout. I do have to say just how frustrating it was and and you could just you could see it coming from a mile away these games have happened so many times now and the field just starts to tilt on him and there's nothing you can do about it you know and he's he's always just a little late just enough to be like annoyingly late to the like he should have probably subbed at like 60 like somewhere between like 60 three and 68 minutes or something like that right or maybe 65 to 70 and so then you know to be on the good side of that to stay ahead of it it's and he's always late so i think he finally got the sub in it like 73 fucking minutes or something but he's he's always a day late a dollar short people seem to always 
unlock him at, you know, figure him out at halftime. Every once in a while, we go in some place with a really solid game plan and run him, but it's just, it's just frustrating in these big moments. We just, we turtle, we turtle a lot, you know, and I don't know. It's just how Mike Zimmer used to be so like angry at the, at the place kicker. And so just like had such a bad attitude that like his attitude just exacerbated the problem. And then we'd have more kicking problems because everybody knows like he hates the kicker. I just feel like that's like what it's like with Inchy sometimes. He's got no, he's devoid of ideas at the end. He he knows that he doesn't think we have the personnel to hold on and he'll as much say it to like the media. And then we don't, it's just like, it's just a self-fulfilling prophecy. He doesn't know what to do. Everybody knows he doesn't know what to do and then he doesn't do the right thing. And then we lose. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. Okay. It's been it's six. What? This is a year seven. You know, it's just, I mean, he's fine. He's an okay coach. He's just, he's never going to win anything because in the bi- biggest moments he folds like a cheap suit, you know, and uh, saw it in the Seattle game, a good coach would have held on there and a good coach figures this one out. You know, you don't lose to a shitty team when you're up three, one, it's just, you just don't do it. I don't know. So, yeah. So let me just, you can drop in your, the Heath out, Rand. You, people listen, if they want to hear my Heath out uh, thoughts, you can listen to the Dave's. I know I'm we're recording tonight, um, but yeah, just another. And then the, I don't know if you saw yesterday, but the, the MLS next pro team, the MNUFC two had an opportunity to make the playoffs. All they needed to do was get a point in Colorado. Um, they were up to one. Uh, in the 70th minute, and they conceded three goals to lose 4-2. Four, four um, and, and the weird thing with the MLS Next Pro is that if you just make it to – it goes if there's they have shootouts at the end of regulation if you're tied. So all they needed to do was just get to a shootout, and they would have secured a playoff position for the first time in their in their short history, and they managed to um, pull a Heath and, uh, and managed to screw it up. So um, that's, the, that's the, the soccer update. But the Twins, yeah, the Twins are good, man. Um, the, I'm interested to see. We, I know we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago about who the third starter would be, um, and uh, I, I think it might be Kenta Maeda now. Um, Joe Ryan has kind of fallen off a cliff, and that is kind of um, worrying. But Pablo Lopez, Sonny Gray are probably two of the top ten pitchers in the in the American League right now. And if you have those two guys at home um, in a three game series, and you just need to win two, I feel fairly confident. Um, again, no Yankees. Um, in the in the postseason this year, so no Yankees to, to to destroy us or whatever. I feel confident that we'll win a game in the playoffs this year. Um, will we win a series? That's a whole other conversation. But my aunt and I did buy tickets to the my aunt and I did buy tickets to the second game uh, of the of the series. Yeah, well, all of our hopes and dreams are in uh, baseball now. So Cubs and Twins uh, save us and. Um, we were talking about this the other day when uh, we were recording at Blackheart, and I thought it was interesting, but um, the topic is universal voting, and uh, I wasn't really completely familiar with what that is. Could you uh, explain it? Yeah, absolutely. So I don't think a ton of people are 100%. I mean, I'm still learning about it myself, but um, basically the 30-second the sort of elevator pitch of it is that basically everybody is required to vote. <clears throat> um Anybody who's, who's eligible is required to vote. And that obviously varies from jurisdiction to jurisdiction, right? Some felons can vote after they've served their census. Some can't, you know, there's, there's all those other things. But um, basically anybody who's registered to vote or is eligible to vote is um, compelled uh, by the law to vote. Now, what does that mean? That means that um, if, if you do not vote, there's penalties for not voting. Now, these are typically 
um, administrative penalties, right? So it's a, it's a fine or something like that. Um, there's built in um, a waste for you, someone to abstain from voting, you know, conscientious objectors, things like that, Quakers, people who don't feel like they want to participate in the system. It's very uh, set up very simply. Um, so lots, there's lots of uh, um, authoritarian countries that compel voting. Um, there's not a ton of Western democracies that compel voting. One that does is Australia. So they're a, actually a pretty good example for what it could look like in the U.S. Basically, everybody's mailed a ballot. So there's uh, enhanced um, mail-in balloting. Um, they are, there's a couple other things they do, including making voting, a, a, the, the day of voting, a national holiday, um, and also making it on the weekends. So it's, it compels more people or it gives more people the ability to vote. Obviously, people work on the weekends, um, people in service industries, construction, things like that. So it's not, a, it's not a, a catch-all. And even if it's a national holiday, people will still be required to work. Some people will still be required to work or, or need to work. So you remove the obstacles to voting by number one, mailing everybody a ballot, giving people the ability to, to mail that ballot back in or to drop it off at a Dropbox. Um, number two, you expand voting hours and times, right? So right now we live in a, in a Minnesota, we live in Minnesota in a, in a blue state that's got some pretty good voting laws in terms of like expanded voting hours, early voting, things like that. But you, there's a lot of country, a lot of states in this country that do not have that um, or severely limit poll places in certain parts of their states and communities, you know, the places where the more black and brown people are. Um, Minnesota doesn't do that, Minnesota's, but we can be better. And so, and the, and the third piece would be making um, um, election day a national holiday. So those are like the three sort of components about it, except there is, it is, it is compulsory, right? You have to do it, um, but there are, uh, there are ways for people to object and abstain from voting. Um, and except the, the, the penalties are, are very uh, minimal and um, like, like I said, administrative penalties, things like that. I believe I was listening to a podcast with some people who wrote a book about this, I, a book I need to check out. I can't remember the name of the book now, unfortunately, but um, basically like of the people in Australia, they had about 97% uh, uh, like participating in, in the most recent election. Um, and then of those 3%, only about 3% of that 3% actually were people who were uh, uh, had to pay a fine. Right, of the other three percent, ninety-seven percent of that that other three percent either had a reason, a legitimate reason to vote, and and you know didn't and complete everything they needed to do. But it's basically like three percent of three percent um, didn't you know didn't have didn't do the things they needed to do to not you know to basically not vote. So in an in an area in an era when we have a lot of you know vitriol going on in our politics. Um, you know, people just don't vote. They, and I, I'm all for more people voting, even if I don't necessarily agree with everybody who's voting. I think having more people participate in the in the um, in the, the democratic act of voting is good for the country. Um, and I'm, I this again, this is like a concept I've just I've just really started to learn about, and it's something I think actually that we could do at a state um, or probably presumably a, a local level to start. Um, St. Paul being a great a great place to maybe start this, um, Ramsey County, um, and then moving on statewide, and <clears throat> something might pick up some steam. It's obviously not happening anytime you know in the United States here in the, in the near term, but I think it you know I think we should have large goals for engaging you know with democracy and things like that. Yeah, I like it. Um, I think some of the aspects of it, I'm not I'm not completely sold on like there being like a punishment or like a fine or ha sometimes having to go in to say, you know, I can't, 
I'm not able to vote or I'm a conscientious observer. That that takes a lot of work for people to. If it was a very easy process, if there was like a website that was really easy to opt out on, then maybe. It would be yeah, a film you could fill out online on the Secretary of State's website saying, I'm, I'm not voting, please do send me a, um, a, a ballot. The other option would be when they send the ballot, you could you could basically turn, like, turn around, check the box that says, I refuse to vote um, for this reason. And the reasons are um, that people can give are, are very broad. Like the idea is not that, um, and with the penalties, I mean, you can't, you need to have some sort of uh, compulsory thing to to make it like viable and functional. Um, but why I say that the, the penalties would be administrative, right? They're, you're not going to get a mark on your record, right, as a a misdemeanor, or a gross misdemeanor, or a felony, or something like that. And if if the barriers to 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 this is seem harsh, imagine someone who needs to have a up to date. Uh, ID to vote every single time, right? And, and people who are renters who move around who maybe don't necessarily have an ID with their current address on um, that get returned away at, at polls and stuff. Like the 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 inconvenience here is is minimus compared to the the laws that people um, are in this country put in place of people trying to prevent people from voting. Right? We're we're trying to increase people voting. So yeah, now you're not trying to stifle the vote to win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely, I like the idea. The, the requirement aspect worries me a little bit. I'd have to hear a little bit more about how easy is it to do that. Like it sounds easy in theory, but then is this form like only going to be available at the DMV and you got to wait, you know, an hour to do it. Like it can be more cumbersome to opt out than it is to opt in. Like, is there going to be a real system for that? But I do like all the other pieces of getting more access to voting of more early voting, it being a holiday, um, just all the other things that you said, uh, more mail-in voting, um, whatever. So I, I definitely like a lot of aspects of that. I'd have to get a little bit more information on the, uh, the requirement portion of it. Yeah. Ultimately, I think it's, it's a, it's an interesting conversation to have. I mean, I don't think we'll, I don't believe we'll ever get in my lifetime in the U S to compulsory voting, but, but I, I think it's, if you don't have lofty goals, you don't achieve just means to an end right like you know even if our if our goal is compulsory voting but we get things like a national holiday more extended mail-in balloting uh you know hours and and days uh exactly so i think you need to you need to shoot you know you always need to shoot big right the worst thing that someone's gonna say is no um that's the worst thing someone says to you like cool but yep you move the overton window yes cool man yeah uh all right so I think one other story that we were looking at is kind of a wild story out of uh, North Carolina. Basically, uh, the GPS, Google Maps, that everybody uses to get around now, uh, it had been faulty. There was some faulty information on there. Um, there was a, a bridge that had been down. It's partially fallen into the little creek that it was over. And uh, several people, uh, I think it said, I don't know, three, four, five people had sent in, hey, this bridge is out. Um, take it off of your instructions. Someone's going to get hurt. And sure enough, somebody did. A man uh, drove into it and um, and died. And, um, you know, I kind of was looking around the area and seeing, well, you know, was this well lit? And it is kind of in a somewhat suburban area. I'd say going rural to suburban. There's some houses on the road that it's coming to, but it is in like a wooded area. So I don't know exactly like what the visibility was like. And a lot of people in the comments, you know how people are on the internet, pretty harsh, but we're just like, that's on him. You got to watch where you're going or, you know, pay attention, like blah, blah. But also we, we don't know, you know, it, it, it's hard to tell <laughs> yeah. from that vantage point. Maybe he just saw the piece of the bridge. You know, 
<laughs> Before we do that, so I found the, the book. It's 100% Democracy, The Case for Universal Voting. Um, it's by uh, E.J. Dion Jr. and Miles Rappaport. If you, if you Google 100% Democracy, um, you should be able to find it in Amazon. Like, I'm going to order it. It's a, it looks like a very intriguing book. Anyways, to, back to the Google server. Um, I'm of two minds here, right? Like, I'm sure you remember the episode of The Office where Michael and Dwight are giving out gift baskets and they use their GPS and they, they drive into a lake. You remember that episode of, uh, of The Office? Definitely. And they just they just drive right over the hill into the lake and Mike, and he's like, no, you, you can't go that way. And Michael's just like, you got to listen to it, you know, whatever it says. Or, yeah. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. And so it, they, they, there's a big, they do a big whole soliloquy about technology and don't trust technology and things like that. And um, this is like, you know, this is a, a, a really tr tragic step too far, right? And that, like, if you just blindly trust um, our devices to do the things uh, that they tell us to do, you might run into a situation where you drive over uh, a broken ass bridge. And so um, part of that, so part of my th you know thinking here is like, yes, we should trust ourselves and trust our instincts. But I think to your point, and you, when you, you know, I read the article and you talked about it, is that like, it's dark, like you can't necessarily see, like if I'm in rural North Carolina trying to drive um, in like a rental car, like I don't, I'm not, I'm going to trust the GPS because I don't know where I'm going, right? Like um, there's places in Minnesota where I still don't, you know, I, I still have to use my GPS to make sure I'm going the right direction. And so, um, so yeah, so I, I get it from, uh, the Google side where like, well, you know, you should, you got to use your eyes and things like that. But I'm also under, I, you know, we've been, we've basically been conditioning ourselves for the last fuck, 20 years, man, like to use GPS as a, as a way to get to places. Right. I remember like when my dad first got a GPS, uh, thing for this car, it was, you know, game changer in terms of being able to go places, shortcuts, things like that. But that was actually when he had to like take it in, plug it into the computer. So it would download the newest maps, right. Our phones are, you know, basically gigantic, you know, like tiny ass smart computers um, and like more powerful than anything that we had growing up, just in, a, in the palm of our hands that can update things in real time. And I think you mentioned um, that like this was reported to Google multiple times, which I think that is the, that's where I think Google is, is going to be pretty screwed here. And they're going to pay this family a lot of, a lot of money because someone's reporting stuff like that. And I, I know as someone who reports, you know, things on, when bike lanes are not proper, like properly lined or marked, um, or like there's, a, they say there's a bike lane, there's not actually a bike lane, or it's you know broken down or something. I report stuff to Google all the time. Um, Google needs to be a little more reactive to that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I would think so. I think they're going to get a, quite a settlement there. That's a pretty big gaff on Google's side if they'd gotten that much input and didn't take actions. Yeah, you make a good point about the. Uh, what this relying on technology, the implications it has for the future. I mean, I listened to a podcast on Radio Lab the other day about it's called the driverless dilemma, and it was about um, autonomous uh, vehicles and kind of just that trolley, modern day trolley problem. If you told somebody, hey, you know, you have to, this train is going to go this way or this way. If you hit the lever, you know, it's going to take out one person. But if you flip the lever, it'll um, it'll take out, excuse me, the one person instead of the five people. Well, you know, almost everybody would do that, right? Um, saving the good, the 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 many over the the few. But then if you start to make it more complicated, it's like, well, what if you had to push somebody off a bridge to land on the lever to divert the train? Now all of a sudden they didn't want to, right? There's these morals that we have that kind of are inherent to us and sometimes like your brain has to make trade-offs and um in this case 
uh, the driverless car, we would probably put in there that, you know, if people are walking through the intersection, that it should avoid, you know, a, a car to have an accident and just hit that one person on the intersection to, you know, maybe not kill five people. Now, what if I said that, you know, when that car was going to veer you out of the way, it could, you know, veer you off a cliff. It might say you're the one person that, you know, we don't need in this situation. Like, are you willing to buy a car that could conceivably kill you? And everybody was like, well, no, absolutely not. Even though theoretically we would sacrifice ourselves four or five people, it's harder to say, well, I want to buy this car that's going to make that decision. Like you might make that decision, but you're not willing to put it in the hands of technology or it's just different when you look at it as a product. So it's a very uh, interesting um, podcast. I definitely recommend it. It's called uh, Driverless Dilemma on Radiolab. Uh, and always just listen to Radiolab. It's phenomenal. So um, cool, man. Well, hopefully uh, hopefully this um, uploads and uh, between this and the other time we recorded, I can piece all this together. For the listeners, we this is like the third this is like the third time we've tried to do bits and pieces of this podcast. So yes, if, if, if Eric is able to put this one together, uh, kudos to him. Uh, give him all the love on 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 the social medias and, and things like that because this is uh, this sounds <laughs> just based on the conversations that we've had. This sounds like it's going to be a terrible thing to to have to do. So if you can do it, man, good good on you. <laughs> I I hope it sh- I hope it shows I hope it shows up. I hope we get a chunk of that because. Uh... Oh man, it's frustrating. Um, and we did we did all the things they said this time. But uh, thanks to the view uh, listeners out there. I think we just went over 600 listeners between this show and my other show. Awesome. So um, yeah, I'm glad that glad that you're all listening. Um, I am at Big Game Grade A 27 on the Twitter machine. Mr. Zeller is at Texas Zeller. Uh, yeah, Texas Zeller on Twitter. Blue Sky. Uh, I'm there. Instagram. Check check me out. Uh, hit me up. So. Yeah, and, and come on, Blue Sky. Blue Sky's getting more more people on there. It's starting to. It's really. I think we're hitting the uh, the point of no return or whatever. The uh, critical mass. I think they. Well, I think they finally. Op- yeah, they finally opened up more people to give more code, so that people are people are migrating over there now. And and yeah, Twitter is such a. I mean, I, here's the thing. Twitter was fucking amazing in find my bike, um, but it is generally. This is why, like, I'm never actually gonna think of like what really truly leave Twitter until. Elon Musk finally breaks it. Or he starts good, charging you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, or starts to yeah, have that. I mean, that's what that's what I say when I say break it for good. Um, yeah, charging me $3 a month or whatever to, to look at tweets. I Yeah, hard pass on that. But again, like I said, if, if it had been for Twitter, I'm not sure if I, I mean, I, I'm not sure if I would have found my bike. The person who found it um, was like was not a Twitter person. But I also then reached out to this person and I was like, hey, if you ever are at the Blackheart, um, you never have to buy a drink uh, from me ever again. Uh, and there's several other people at this bar who, will, who will, if I if I know you're there, will will buy your drink. So um, it can be a, it can be a good thing the social media. So absolutely, and uh, yeah, and and for things like this GoFundMe that we talked about and stuff like that. So it it, it can be a um, you yeah know, the freaking Arab Spring or whatever. So yeah, it can be a big a big boon, but also it can be a de- detriment. So well, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Hopefully, we get some dubs this week and. Uh, Come on, uh, the baseball, I guess. You know, all our hopes are on you. So, well, yeah, hopefully next week um, when we record, we should have a better idea about who we'll play in the playoffs. Maybe we could do a, a very small playoff preview. Hell yeah. Um, record maybe Saturday or something. We should have a better idea about who, uh, who the Twins will be playing in the playoffs. And there's, hey, there's there's a non zero chance that they 
um, make it out. Like they don't have to play in that first round. Um, it's like I said, it's 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 close to zero, but it, it is a non-zero chance. So there's a there's <laughs> it's approaching zero, but never never uh, reaches it like a the derivative or whatever. <laughs> exactly, um, exactly. So so one uh, one okay, other man. yeah one other thing was uh, oh she oh. I know some people liked my stories about running out of gas. I was on literally the thing was at zero when we went to the um, the Arboretum and the uh, Apple Orchard place the other day, and I thought about it. Okay. And uh, so yeah, I did make it about two miles on zero. So they do keep a little extra in there for us who like to live dangerously. But um, I we just I, talked about that, and you almost and you almost just ran your, yeah, ran your family out yep, of gas in your car. <laughs> yep, it's true. And um, I, I so people thought that was funny. They. And I don't mind making a fool out of myself, so I've got some good uh, good home improvement stories for you. I've you know nearly waterboarded myself fixing a uh, sump pump, and uh, I've had people fall through my ceiling. So all all sorts of good home improvement stories uh, coming at you next week. So peace out in Minnesota sports. Come on, get it together. Till next week. Later.